Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. This is Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank, on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Did you have a good bye week? Mine was all right. Although Friday and Saturday last week, I'm not going to lie, I was walking around and I was like, something's missing here. <laughs> what? Why am I not doing anything? What's happening? What's going on? Like, I was just starting to feel, you know, in, in that uh, in that rhythm of having to do this every week and then, bye week! <laughs> it's not just me, right? Just It, it, it just seemed a little, a little uh, earlier this year than it has the, uh, the last couple of years, you know? Anyway, I'm Jimmy Rosari. It's Leprechaun Lunch, powered by... First State Bank, locally owned and operated. Also brought to you by South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949, and by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Contact Joel Ladig in Mishawaka or John Shaver in South Bend. So we are back. We are uh, we're, we're we're back out. We're back into the uh, back into football this week, and uh, you know, I guess we're feeling good still. I guess after the uh, after the North Carolina game, you know Notre Dame put up forty five points. The offense looked good. You know you kind of got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because North Carolina's defense is ranked one hundred and twentieth in the country. Not good, not good at all. But Drew Pine looked better. The running game got on, you know, really got going. Actually, the running game was great uh, against North Carolina. How are things? How are things on the inside? Here's Marcus Freeman on uh, on where Notre Dame stands right now. Well, I think you know, obviously, we've been running the ball um, offensively uh, where we want to. We, again, we've always want to get better, but we've improved at running the ball. You know, Drew Pine has, has really made some really good decisions uh, as a quarterback in terms of I've said it to this group in this room and to our team from the beginning of the year. When you have success running the ball, it opens up everything, right? It opens up the pass game. It opens up misdirection. It opens up everything. And so we have to have success running the ball, and that will open up, you know, our passing game. And, and it's been really good to see Drew Pine, number one, make good decisions. Right, and that's the most important thing at the quarterback position. You've got to make the right decision. Two, he's limited his turnovers. He's taking care of the football, and then number three, he's starting to make a lot of plays. And so, it's good to see him and that growth, um, and and that part of our offense. Some guys stepping up um, defensively. We have to, you know, again, there's a series or two, a half that, you know, we're letting teams go down and score and. Uh, and, and one, it could be a big play. You know, North Carolina, the first series of the game, it was quarterback scrambles. And so we have to get those little things fixed, but our defense is playing really, really well. And I love the, the, what Coach Golden is doing with, with the scheme, with, with our staff, um, with those players. They're doing a, a great job. But, you know, obviously the expectation is us to be perfect, and uh, we can't give up a touchdown. And so we're, we're critical in those situations, and they're working tirelessly to improve it. That's Marcus Freeman from his uh, press conference on Monday. Uh, 
yeah, there, there's always room for improvement. This team definitely still needs some improvement because how how good of a barometer is is the North Carolina game? You know, like how, how is the offense really? You know, can, can the offense keep that up? Keep up that kind of uh, production against uh, well the rest of the schedule. Three of the next five are against ranked opponents. I know I'm including Syracuse in there. <laughs> you know, people in Syracuse can't even believe that, that that that's the case. Quite honestly, about Notre Dame's schedule, but uh, three of the next five against ranked teams. Got to have got to have an offense, you know, to that that that's going to keep. Pounding the ball like they did, Drew Pine's Drew Pine's got to be as good as he was against North Carolina. Really, from like the fourth quarter of of the Cal game uh, through the North Carolina game, I think I think that's who Drew Pine is. I want to say that's <laughs> that's who Drew Pine is anyway. Like I want to I want to I want to keep that opinion, but. Who knows? I think the defense is somewhere between uh, somewhere between uh, like more Ohio, you know, somewhere between Ohio State and the Cal game, somewhere in that range. That's that's where the defense is. The defense, I felt, has been playing pretty well overall. North Carolina, you know, they're they're going to put up points regardless. But the defense got got stops at the right time, so that Notre Dame was able to outscore them. Simple as that. That that was really kind of the game plan for uh, for for the North Carolina game, and you know, mission accomplished. Back to base. Um, so that's where Notre Dame stands now. Of course, that was also on Monday. Yesterday, we got the news dropped that uh, defensive lineman Jacob Lacey leaving the team, going into the transfer pro- uh, portal. Wasn't really expecting that, but uh, here's here's Marcus Freeman on Jacob Lacey. I think you'll see um, Chris Smith playing a little bit more, who, who, again, it's just a position that's extremely deep, and the deepest to tackle position right now is is – is one of the deepest positions we have on our team. And so Chris Smith will play a little bit more, um, but you'll see a guy like Gabe Rubio playing more. Um, you know, Jason Anye will now probably move from scout team. He's moved from scout team to, you know, getting reps with the, the defense. And so, um, again, Lacey was a, a, a great player. You know, Lacey did a lot of great things for us, but it's a deep position. And, and um, he made a decision um, that ultimately he felt was best for him, and, and we respect that. We love Jacob, and you know the best thing about it is he leaves here with a degree in his hand, and, and that's what I want for these young men. Is that if you decide to leave in, in in hopes of going somewhere and playing more, don't 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 waste this opportunity to earn a degree from this university. And so he did that. But you know, again, you'll see Chris Smith play more. You'll see uh, uh, Gabe Rubio for sure. Both of those two play a lot more. So that's how Notre Dame's going to deal with Jacob Lacey no longer being with the team, which it sounds like a surprise. It sounded like a surprise. When I when I saw it scrolling through Twitter yesterday, uh, I was like, oh, whoa, what? Huh? And then I got to thinking about it. I was like, okay, he's, uh, you know, it, it's all just playing time really his playing time has has dropped considerably from the Ohio State game to the North Carolina game I think he only played like nine you know nine snaps against North Carolina um so you know you, you got to do what you got to do and with with the with the transfer portal in the in the in the uh you know as easy as it is anyway to uh to get into and to get out of and to be back on the field. Um, you know, we're obviously not going to see him for the rest of the season against some other team, but you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be lacing it up again sometime next season. So you know, good luck. Good luck, Jacob. 
can understand it. Which means if his playing time was going down gradually as the season progressed, that means that there's people behind him. Chris Smith, Gabe Rubio, that are picking up those uh, that are picking up those snaps. So I don't think this I don't you'll probably hear plenty about it <laughs> during the game at least at least to start. But I I, I don't I don't think this is going to be such a giant hurdle for Notre Dame that they're not going to be able to overcome it. So, you know, again, good luck to Jacob. Uh, you know, he, he's got the he's got the degree. Uh, he he wants uh, you know probably to make it to the show and wants to improve his uh, his value as far as that goes. So, who can blame him? You can't really do that when you're uh, when your playing time is gradually going down and down and down into nothing. So, uh, totally understandable. Uh, it is odd that they're coming back from the bye, I think, um, to the Shamrock Series game. Not just any Shamrock Series game either. This one's out in Vegas, where, uh, let's face it, that, that entire town's just a walking, talking distraction. Uh, here's Marcus Freeman on playing out in Vegas. Yeah, we got to do a good job. We're not going to get out there in time to to experience any of the distractions that I think Las Vegas can present. Um, we're going to get there and and be uh, very strategic on what we do. Go to the stadium. I want them to go see Allegiant Stadium. Um, spend a little bit of time there. Go straight to the hotel. Uh, have dinner. We'll have some time together. A normal meeting that we have on Friday nights, and then they're going to go to bed and. and we have to remember that our bodies are, are used to Eastern Standard Time, so we're going to try to get them to bed at a decent hour and wake them up, uh, um, you know, at a decent hour to get us ready for the game on Saturday. <laughs> like I said, Vegas is a walking, talking distraction. Um, yeah, there, there's guy, there's guys on the team who are probably walking around with thicker wallets than they than they landed with, uh, just from just from the slot action in the casino. Or in the airport, anyway, getting off the plane. Just saying, you know, like there's, there's distractions everywhere. But it's Notre Dame. It can be a distracting, like this town can be a distracting place. Just from, you know, quite honestly, there, you know, those the, those cold winter months when there's nothing, absolutely nothing going on in this town. Um, so, I, I I think they're I think they're okay as far as as far as the distractions go, even in that they're not really distractions. There are things that come up, but this team can deal with them. Something that uh, probably didn't want to happen, though, you know, as far as Notre Dame is concerned is uh, providing any sort of bulletin board material <laughs> for anybody. <laughs> like, like, you don't want to do that at any point. Um, if you're on any team, you don't want to give your opponent, you know, any sort of, any sort of ammo for giving them, a, giving them a little bit extra juice, you know, extra chip on the shoulder. But some would have you believe that... Uh, that that's exactly what we've gotten. Uh, Wednesday, Audric Estime added uh, added yet another storyline to the mix. Here's what Audric Estime had to say. This uh, this audio courtesy of KSL. Oh, well, they're a good team. They got a lot of good players, but I feel like their players don't match the players that we have. So if we just play our football, I feel like we should handle business. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> You know that that started off that started off good, um, but let, it started off good. Oh, well, they're a good team. They got a lot of good players, but I feel like their players don't match the players that we have. So if we just play our football, I feel like we should handle business. Uh. Okay. Um, I can kind of understand why 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 a chip on the shoulder would would crop up, especially. 
you know, when you got Audrey Castamay on a on a two and two football team, a team that lost uh, lost to Marshall at home, uh, almost lost at home to Cal. You know, certainly made it interesting. Um, and then really, you know, has only kind of come out and, and, and started showing what it can do against a North Carolina team that, like I said, ranked 120th in the country at that point. It's gone down a little bit, too. Even, like, it's gone lower. Um, maybe you don't want to be saying, um, I feel like their players don't match the players that we have against the 16th ranked team in the country. Which, of course, that just amplifies BYU's run defense against Notre Dame's rushing attack. Estime is the leading rusher for Notre Dame. He's got uh, 264 rushing yards, about five yards a carry, just a little under that. But uh, he shared the load with uh, with, uh, Chris Tyree so far. Notre Dame ranks 65th in the country, averaging 160 rushing yards per game. The rushing attack has has definitely definitely improved as the season has gone on. But this isn't North Carolina's defense that they're going to have to play with. This isn't North Carolina's defense, which, I mean, let's face it, North Carolina's defense uh, motto is uh, Ole! BYU's ranked, what, 38th in the country as far as defense goes? Oh. There we go. Forgot to put the phone on silent. Again. Anyway. Um, but yeah, Notre, you know, BYU has a, def- has a really good run defense at that. That's why they're they're 16th ranked in the country. And they're able to take, you know, just maybe little innocuous barbs like that and be able to turn them into something, give them a little extra juice, give them a little extra oomph as far as uh, as far as playing them goes. So uh So yeah, that's that that's going to be real fun. <laughs> That's going to be a fun little dynamic to watch. I'm either going to have to deal with a happy Reggie Brooks or a very, very angry Reggie Brooks. And I'm betting that if it's an angry Reggie Brooks, I got a feeling I know where the source of that anger is going to be coming from. <laughs> Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank. Uh Rolling on, uh, just some uh, some other uh, quick little hits uh, heading into this game. Uh, J.D. Bertrand flagged for targeting in the second half, second half of the North Carolina game. Of course, he sat out the first half of the North Carolina game after being flagged for targeting late in the Cal game. <clears throat> um, his appeal to play in the first half against BYU uh, was uh, just flat-out denied by the NCAA. Uh, so he will be out uh, He will be out the first half of the BYU game tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ramon Henderson, DJ Brown, uh, they were both out with, uh, with injuries against, uh, against North Carolina. They've been practicing this week. They should be able to go tomorrow. And uh, yeah, that uh, that pretty much does it as far as uh, as far as the key injuries go uh, for Notre Dame. So forthcoming, we'll get a little bit of the BYU perspective on things. Well, you know what what does the team what does BYU think about Audrey Gastamay's comments? We'll find out. Mitch Harper from uh, from KSL Sports, also uh, the publisher of CougarSportsInsider.com. He'll be joining me coming up in the second segment here on Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Jim Rosary with uh, Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank. 
coming up tomorrow, of course, our coverage gets underway starting at 1 o'clock. Uh, we've got the uh, the replay of the Marcus Freeman show from uh, from this week. Here, uh, here from Coach. If you didn't hear it Thursday, or, uh, well, yeah, last night. Uh, if you didn't hear it last night, you'll be able to get caught up uh, Saturday starting at 1 o'clock. Then 2 o'clock rolls around. Myself and, uh, and Tim Growl, we've got Legacy Heating and Air Game Day. Uh, currently... On on the docket for tomorrow, we've got former Notre Dame All American and former uh, New York Giants tight end Derek Brown. He's going to be in Vegas, so uh, you know we'll find out how good the breakfast buffet is. I guess uh, former Fighting Irish and, uh, and and Kansas City Chiefs Pro Bowl center Tim Grunhard will join us. Uh, former Notre Dame and ten year NFL offensive tackle Sam Young will join us, and the uh, current head orthopedic physis- uh, physician for the Fighting Irish. Dr. Brian Radigan from Las Vegas. Uh, they will be joining us. And uh, a- a- apparently, according to Tim, maybe more. Maybe more than that. We, we-, we bring the goods on-, uh, on Legacy Heating and Air Game Day. And then uh, after that, uh, we've got uh, uh, Game Day Sports Beat powered by Michelob Ultra uh, running from-, uh, from 4 to 6.30. So our coverage getting underway uh, starting at 1 o'clock. Tomorrow, uh, want to get the uh, the BYU perspective on things as far as uh, as far as this game goes, and for that, I turn to Mitch Harper from uh, from KSL Sports, also CougarSportsInsider.com. Uh, Mitch, first of all, thanks for uh, joining me from uh, out in Vegas. How are you today? Doing great. Uh, always good to to be out in Vegas, and uh, this is going to be a fun game. I, I cannot wait for it. Yeah, uh, how uh, how did the Catholics and the Mormons come to, uh, to come to agree on a Las Vegas game? <laughs> That's a great question. It's uh, you know, it's funny you bring that up because for the longest time BYU wanted you know the game in it was supposed to be a game in Provo, mm-hmm. uh, but Notre Dame had no interest in that, and they were ready to write BYU a a big fat check, but BYU being the the program that I think has always admired Notre Dame being a fellow faith-based institution, they wanted to, you know, play this game still. And, you know, Jack Swarbrick said, well, we can do a, a Shamrock Series event. You pick the location. And so BYU uh, picked Las Vegas uh, because there's a, a strong <laughs> contingent of BYU fans here in Vegas. And uh, even though it's a Notre Dame home game, uh, there should be a, a good grouping of uh, a royal blue in the stands at Allegiant. But yeah, it, it is kind of funny when you think of uh, two religions coming together in, in Sin City all places. <laughs> like, like if if that's if this is against Miami, then I'm totally expecting that. But, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, BYU. OK, in Vegas. Interesting. Interesting. Very, very much so. Uh, so BYU ranked uh, number 16 in the country so far this season, uh, having a really, really outstanding season so far um Notre Dame kind of getting back on uh you know back in the saddle I guess you know coming in two and two off the bye week uh off a big win against North Carolina uh who uh well you know that defense basically non-existent uh just how good is BYU's defense or how much better is BYU's defense than what Notre Dame saw against North Carolina? I, I think they are better than, than North Carolina's defense. I think North Carolina's probably got, you know, the, one of the worst power five defenses in the country. Uh, and I think BYU's a little bit of a step up. But the issue is that BYU has, has problems stopping the run, uh, especially in first halves. Uh, last three weeks, they have gotten off to terrible starts. And uh, it's, been a, it's, it's buried them in some games. Now, the last two weeks... Uh, their talent ultimately, you know, won the day against Wyoming and Utah State. They just naturally have have better overall, you know, talent uh, than those teams, and they were able to catch up. But against Oregon, uh, BYU got pretty much boat raced in, in that game, and they were down 38 to seven late in the third quarter. And Bo Nix was already uh, the Oregon quarterback was you know pulled, and and he was already ready to enjoy his weekend. So uh, <laughs> BYU is a is a defense that uh, you know. They have a ton of returning experience uh, beyond just the age. And, and BYU uh, has a total over 200 combined starts 
on this defense. Uh, so it's an experienced group, but I think that the fact that they're not performing as well stopping the run with all of that experience, I think that's a bit uh, – I think there's a little bit of frustration uh, for BYU fans and BYU coaches uh, for what they've seen. But uh, if there's a time to put together the best 60 minutes, uh, it'd be this week uh, against Notre Dame. But, uh, yeah, BYU – a step up slightly from Notre Dame, but uh, that front seven along the defense or that front four along the defensive line uh, just has had a lot of issues stopping that run. Is uh, is is the defense at least taking what Audric Estime had to say yesterday? You know, the uh, the whole uh, I feel like our I feel like their players don't match the players that we have. Are they taking that to heart at all? Or are they using it as a grudge? You know, getting a little extra chip on their shoulder? Is that or is it just kind of washed off their back? I think it's kind of washed off their back, but I do get the sense that uh, at least that's what they're telling us. I mean, I got to imagine <laughs> that competitors would, uh, uh, you know, they're getting uh, jacked up about it. And I love that, too. I love when, uh, you know, players are honest and share their true feelings instead of saying, oh, we love this team, love that. Like, let's speak your true feelings. And I think it adds the adds more fuel to the game. It adds more intensity. I thought it was I thought it was great. I, I love hearing that from athletes when they just give their their true feelings. And and I think that, you know, BYU can respect that, but I think they want to uh, send a message as well. I think BYU's back into their defense in the secondary. The cornerbacks are really good, and they get uh, Gabe Judy Lally, a Vanderbilt transfer who was a starter with the Commodores, he was expected to be suspended in the first half of this game, but he had a, a targeting appeal that actually went his way. So that appeal was granted. So he's able to play and he'll start at cornerback along with uh, Oregon state transfer, Caleb Hayes, a lot of talent at the cornerback position. They've been good at, about not giving up the big plays through the air. And they found a safety in Micah Harper, who maybe one of the hardest hitters on the team. Number one, he'll come off the bench, but uh, he's a big play guy for BYU on that back end. So uh, the the defense, I think, uh, you know, is is ready to uh, uh, on that in the passing game. I think there's a lot more confidence there. It's just again stopping that run. CougarSportsInsider.com is the website. The publisher is Mitch Harper, who uh, joins me right now on Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, what does what does BYU make of Drew Pine? I think BYU. Uh, I think they, they were impressed with what they saw against uh, against North Carolina with how efficient of a passer he was, you know, near 70% completion rate. And and the thing is, is that, you know, BYU, they have been known in the past, and this kind of even goes beyond, uh, you know, Kalani Satake's time at BYU, which started in 2016. But BYU historically has had issues with backup quarterbacks. Uh, you know, last week against Utah State, uh, the, the backup QB came in and, and had some success uh, for, a, for a Utah State team that was just downright awful in the weeks prior. Uh, Cooper Lega gave the Aggies a lift against BYU. For whatever reason, backup QBs just have success sometimes against the Cougars. And, and this BYU defense, another issue that uh, raises questions about this group is that they just they don't, they don't force many turn, takeaways, and they also don't get to the quarterback and create many sacks. And... You know, being a backup QB, if you know that your de- the defense you're facing is not going to put much pressure on you and they're not known to take away the football, I think that gives you a little more comfort level to where you can just kind of operate within your offense and, and have success. So uh, that, that to me, I, I think Pine, I mean, you know as well as anyone, I mean, his, his recruiting accolades are well-documented, a former four-star guy, so I, the talent's there. And I think that's what's interesting about this matchup in general is that you look at it from a recruiting perspective and, and star ratings, BYU probably shouldn't even be able to be competitive with Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame should probably be a, a team that blows BYU out by about, you know, two touchdowns uh, because BYU's talent composite rating by 24 seven sports is 107th. Uh, but hmm. uh, you know, Notre Dame's in the top 20 uh, as far as overall team talent ratings. And, uh, but BYU has a knack for, developing guys and inheriting a two or three star. And then they turn them into, you know, four and five star guys when they leave BYU and, and how much of, uh, you know, recruiting rankings versus player development. It's kind of a, a, a merging of, of, of uh, uh, those facets in this game. And uh, we saw a couple weeks back BYU against Oregon, the talent won out and, and Oregon's speed and athleticism uh, won the day there uh, with Notre Dame. I, I don't think the, 
Uh, athleticism is as daunting as Oregon speed, but still, uh, this, this, this is a very talented Notre Dame football team. And BYU, that's been the theme from the coaches I've talked to all week, is that, uh, yeah, they might be 2-2 two and two and they might have lost to Marshall, but this is a, as talented of a football team as, as BYU is going to face this year, and that includes a schedule that's had Baylor, Oregon's going to have Arkansas, Stanford, so uh, a lot of respect from BYU given to the Irish. Um. Do, do you make any do you like like as far as the 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 Notre Dame offense goes heck Notre Dame just in general uh just from the outside looking in where where do you where do you where do you put them are they somewhere closer to to uh to what we saw against Ohio State are they closer to what we saw against North Carolina like where you know, because it's been a roller coaster here. I'm not going to lie. Where, where, uh, from the outside looking in, where, where do you find Notre Dame to be? Well, I think it's it's probably closer along the lines of, of North Carolina. I think. Be, I mean, against uh, this matchup against BYU, I think they're going to put up numbers. I think that this is going to be a game that I think could be in the 30s. Uh, you know, I think typically historically with BYU and Notre Dame matchups, it's maybe first one to 24 wins the game. Uh, BYU has not played well in the previous eight meetings all time against the Irish, uh, you know, dating back to 92. It's it's always been low scoring. But I think, you know, it, depending on the number of opportunities BYU can get uh, their offense, uh, I think they'll put up points. Uh, you know, I, I think that this is going to be uh, – I just think that with Notre Dame, though, uh, it might not be in their best interest to try to have necessarily the explosive plays to the air. I think they, if they're smart, they probably just turn to the ground because, again, BYU, uh, you know, has has just had so many issues in stopping the run. They gave up they gave up over 200 yards rushing to Utah State last week in the first half. Uh, and if if you're Notre Dame and you keep Jaron Hall, who might be the best player on the field in this game for BYU and the quarterback, and it might be the best overall player in this game. He could be a potential first round pick. Keep that guy off the field, eat up the clock, run the football and uh, force him to try and stop you. Uh, and uh, so it might not be necessary to, to turn the pine through the air and, and try to get those explosive chunk plays, just uh, keep attacking through the ground. So I, I think that this, I, but I think that Notre Dame's offense is trending upward. And I think that, um, you know, the Cal game was one that, uh, you know, started out slow, of course, but I, I think that uh, they're getting a little more confidence and you kind of saw over the course of a body of work that, uh, you know, Drew Pine can, can have a lot of success uh, when he's given a full week and to have that bye week last week. I think that helps Notre Dame as well in this matchup. So uh, I think that the, their offense is trending upward heading into this game against BYU. Since we are dealing with Vegas, uh, bet MGM setting the point total at 51 uh, for this game, uh, which I think is actually a little, little higher now than where it started out earlier this week. Uh, Notre Dame still a three and a half point favorite too. Uh, are, are are we just throwing out the rankings? You know, is is this a Notre Dame team that that can conceivably pull the upset here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Notre Dame definitely uh, definitely could. I mean, I, I think that you know BYU's ranking. A little bit is, is due to preseason rankings when you factor BYU started in the poll at number 25, and then in week two, they beat a preseason top 10 team in Baylor, and and, and that's helped BYU. I mean, the, the, the BYU team that's been playing the last three weeks, though, is not a top 25 team, mm. and I think that's why uh, the Vegas Sharps, the wise guys out here in the desert, would say that uh, the Irish are the ones that are the favorite, and they probably got a little bit, uh, you know, the home edge, too, where you got – you know, Notre Dame's going to have their same PA announcer. Everything's going to be what happens in South Bend is going to be just basically transplanted here into Vegas. So it's truly a home game for the Irish outside of just the venue itself. So I think that, you know, that that's I think that plays a part, too, uh, in this in this matchup. But I think that, again, it's it's another testament to the uh, uh, the talent. I think also just the questions that BYU has uh, along their defensive line and, and trying to stop the run. It's going to be exactly the same, you know, except, you know, instead of touchdown Jesus, you've got Al Davis's torch right there in Allegiant Stadium. Uh, the, uh, the, the Irish rushing game so far this season, uh, 65th in the country uh, against, uh, uh, well, against their opponents, averaging 160 yards per game. Uh, who do you think is going gonna, is gonna to be the guy? Is it, is it going to be more the, uh, 
the the power running of Audric Estime, or is it going to be more the uh, more the more the scat back type of uh, type of running of uh, of Chris Tyree that's really going to give them some problems? Yeah, I'd, I'd say the the power running game, uh, you know, up the middle. I mean, it, it hasn't been anything uh, exotic that that's given BYU struggles and stopped at the run. Teams aren't uh, you know designing these trick plays on BYU. In fact, you know BYU's been more the team that's that's dialed up some what they call specials trick plays uh, against opponents uh, the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, I, I think that that the, the power game is what I would expect. Uh, so uh, us to make it, we'll have the chance to uh, back up his, uh, his, uh, you know, trash talk a little bit. And I think that that'll be maybe the, the direction I could see it playing out. All right. So uh, we, we saw the video, you know, from Notre Dame anyway, where they unveiled the, uniforms for this shamrock series game uh the the parody of uh of the hangover anything like that coming from byu you know just describe what what byu is going to have uh, as far as uniforms go yeah byu will have uh black uniforms first time they've worn those since 2020 fifth fifth uh time in byu's history they'll wear black uniforms and then they'll have a uh helmet with that's a royal blue and then it has like a gradient uh fade i don't know if you call it that but uh into black so it's it's it starts the top at royal blue and then goes to black and it's got the oval y they put together a uh, a hype video on monday that involved uh, a magician from america's got talent that's here in vegas and also a usc ufc fighter forrest griffin uh byu star receiver puka nakua he played on the same youth football teams as Dana White's son uh, when he was growing up, when Puka was growing up here in Las Vegas. So he's got some ties to the folks here at the UFC in, in Vegas. So they put together uh, a hype video to release those black uniforms that they're going to wear against the Irish. But I think that, you know, when when Notre Dame released their, their hangover parody, I think it kind of put BYU on notice that they had to do a kind of a cool hype video. They kind of knew that they were going to wear these jerseys all along, uh, these black uniforms. But uh they knew that they had to put together some sort of fun production. So I think that the uh, BYU social team was, uh, uh, you know, after that July release from Notre Dame, they were hard at work to put something together. And uh, it turned out nicely. I, I, you got to check that out. It, it was a uh, it was pretty cool release by BYU with the magician and uh, UFC fighters. Were Jim McMahon and Steve Young unavailable? <laughs> I know that they were they were apparently unavailable. They should have turned to those guys for sure. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about the future of BYU as well. Uh, this is their last year as an independent, uh, which, you know, like the, the, the whole, I guess, reign of independence, I guess, you know, if you can call it that, really, uh, it just continues to go by the wayside. BYU going to be joining the Big 12 starting next year. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Huge move for BYU, and it, and it had to happen. Uh, you know, I think independence, though, uh, was a was a valuable thing for BYU when they left for independence back in 2010 or, or 2011. Uh, there was a lot of uncertainty, and I think it tested the patience of, of BYU's fans because uh, you know just they, they didn't understand the concept of not having anything to play for. But uh, the opportunities that independence has given BYU has been has been huge, and it, it allowed BYU to operate on its own dime and highlight its strengths, its fan base. And uh, maybe some of the reach that, you know, BYU has. And, but the, the Big 12, when they came calling, it was a no-brainer for BYU uh, to join that league. And, and even with, you know, the, the uncertainty in the college football, you know, realignment landscape, I think that the, the Big 12 conference still, I think, has, you know, a pretty bright future ahead uh, because you got a bunch of programs that are hyper-focused on college athletics and uh, they are people that will pay a premium on a streaming service to uh, consume their, their product or their team on whatever devices they're on. And I think that's going to be, you know, obviously where things are trending in college athletics. And I thought it was huge too, that uh, the 12 team college playoff is on the horizon because now for the first time in BYU's history, 100 years ago today, actually they began mm -hmm. playing as a team here on October 7th, 1922, they've never had or been in a situation where if they win their conference or they win out their entire season, they could play for a national title. It's always been 
well, hopefully, you know, the pollsters can can do right by them or or things like that. But now in the Big 12, if you win that league, you're going to be in a 12 team playoff, most mm. likely. I mean, there's going to be maybe some years where they might not be the top six conference champion. But I think that alone gives BYU so much excitement and so much optimism about what they could potentially become because they've always just wanted a chance and they've never been a a, a program that's uh, done things for necessarily the, the revenue. They've just always wanted the exposure and the chance to showcase their university, their mission, and then, you know, lay it out there on the field and, and see what they can do against some of the best teams in, in college football. And, and I thought that was highlighted too with, uh, you know, this desire to play this BYU Notre Dame game. Like I said earlier, I mean, they, they could have had, from Swarbrick, uh, a check written off because, you know, Notre Dame had no interest to come to Provo anymore. That that ship had sailed. and But BYU still wanted to play the game to measure themselves up against a storied brand like the Irish. And that's just kind of the BYU way in, 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 a, in kind of a sense is that they just want to test themselves against the best. And I think the Big 12 Conference gives them a chance to, you know, night in, weekly, week in, week out to just prove themselves against stiffer competition, really see – uh, how elev- how much improved this program has become. And it's going to be a tall order. I mean, to, they're going to face some, uh, you know, unique challenges. But uh, independence, when you look back on it over this past decade, it was very valuable for BYU and to put them in a position to, to now go into the Big 12 Conference. Yeah, Big 12, uh, you know, not just BYU joining up, but uh, also Central Florida. You've got Cincinnati joining uh Joining the Big 12, you've got University of Houston, uh, both of those with uh, w- with strong basketball and football programs. Uh, yeah, BYU's going to kind of have its hands full as far as uh, as far as sports go. It, they will, and it's it's going to be a challenge. And you know, BYU has you know feasted on being the uh, the big fish in small ponds. You know, back in the day of the WAC and the Mountain West Conference, and now. With their Olympic sports, the West Coast Conference, they've always been, uh, you know, that big fish and, and that's that tiny pond. But now they'll go into a much bigger pond and just be kind of just regular fish among everyone else and see how they stack up against everyone. But uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they, uh, you know, how they schedule going forward, too. I mean, you're already seeing uh, it's becoming like many power five teams now where it's going to be an FCS game. It's going to be a group of five and then maybe you know, one power five team in the non-conference, which is far different than what the approach has been with independence. I mean, independence has been schedule up as many, you know, marquee teams as you can. Last year, they had seven power five teams. This year, they've got five. Uh, you know, that, that's been kind of the calling card for BYU. And now uh, they don't have to worry about that because they're going to have, you know, nine, 10 power five teams each and every year. And, and uh, that's what they've always wanted and they're going to get it. And uh, let's see if they can, uh, you know, keep, the winning because I think there's going to be especially after this year because there's a lot of experienced veteran players on this team uh, they could take a steep dip uh, next year in year one of the Big 12 but I think the outlook long term is still pretty bright for BYU for any Notre Dame fan uh, who's looking to do a little bit of research into BYU as far as uh, as far as the game tomorrow goes, CougarSportsInsider.com. That is the website to go to. Mitch Harper, the publisher. Mitch, what you got up there at uh, CougarSportsInsider.com? Yeah, we got uh, some game coverage, of course, too. And then on, on KSLSports.com and, and KSL News Radio, we'll, we'll be covering uh, BYU and Notre Dame here in Las Vegas. And uh, I'll, I'll be having a pregame show on, on KSL News Radio from Allegiant Stadium leading up to the, to the network coverage of our broadcast. But, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of coverage. I got a piece up right now on BYU and Notre Dame's history of the series and also caught up with uh, Jack Collinsworth, the NBC voice uh, here in Vegas and uh, he's pretty excited about this broadcast kind of shared some details about the heavy lift that it's been uh, the, the production side of this game and just his overall thoughts on the matchup so a lot of good content and uh, going to continue rolling it out here over the weekend here in Vegas all right that is cougarsportsinsider.com also kslsports.com uh, Mitch Harper the uh, one of the men uh, behind both of those websites I appreciate the time and uh, enjoy the view <laughs> Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Yep, not a problem. Have a uh, have a good game tomorrow and a good call, and uh, appreciate the time as always. Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank, rolling on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
Leprechaun Lunch, powered by First State Bank, locally owned and operated. Also by Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business, and by Four Winds Casino, your entertainment escape must be 21 years old. Please play responsibly. Of course, our uh, game day coverage gets underway. Marcus Freeman show uh, replay at 1 o'clock tomorrow. Legacy Heating and Air game day from 2 to 4. Game day sports beat powered by Michelob Ultra from uh, 4 to 6.30. And then uh, the uh, Notre Dame Radio Network takes over from 6.30 on through the game. And then after the game, we've got uh, the official Notre Dame football post-game show. Myself and Reggie Brooks will uh, will have that for you, hopefully after a, uh, a Notre Dame victory tomorrow night against BYU out in Vegas. Reggie's going to be out in Vegas, too, which... Uh, is interesting because uh, you know Reggie not the uh, not the biggest gambler in the world either. So he is he is out there with one thing on his mind. Reggie is just about as all business uh, this weekend as as, as uh, the Notre Dame players might be this weekend. Uh, so <laughs> should be fun. Should be fun tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, let's try and find. I'm trying to find my notes here for uh, for <laughs> for. <laughs> for some bets here. Uh, let's see. There we go. They're all at the, was in the wrong file altogether. That's why it was throwing me off. Let's talk some uh, some some bets here. College football. Lots of uh, top 25 matchups once again. One of them not being Texas and Oklahoma. Red River rivalry game. Tomorrow at noon in Dallas. You can find that game on ABC. Uh, the first Red River game since 1998 that neither Oklahoma nor Texas are ranked. That's a long time. Quinn Ewers, will he be back for Texas? Will Dylan Gabriel be back for, uh, for Oklahoma? Who knows? All I do know is that Oklahoma's been getting slashed on the defensive front the last couple of weeks. Holy cow, they oof, they have not looked good defensively whatsoever. But I still like them to hang with Texas. Last few years of this game, it's been it's still been pretty competitive between the two. So I do like Oklahoma plus 7 on this game. One of those uh, top 25 matchups, number 8 Tennessee, which sounds good to say, by the way. Number 8 Tennessee. I like saying that. Gives me a little flashback to to, to when I was younger. Uh, they're on the road heading down to Baton Rouge, number 25 LSU. That is a noon kickoff on ESPN. Uh, Vegas just kind of begging me to take the three-point home underdog. But... Uh, you know, lest lest we forget, um, you know, we we still got this. Well, that's a great way to get started. You know, and and and, and this. I'm here with my family. Yeah, needless to say, Tennessee plus three or uh, minus three, anyway. Tennessee, the three-point favorite on the road against uh, against LSU. Yeah, I mean that that kind of go without saying, actually, really. Number seventeen TCU, a six and a half point favorite on the road at number nineteen Kansas. It's the first time College Game Day is stopping at Kansas. There are probably enough people out there listening right now didn't even know Kansas had a football team uh, until Charlie Weiss went there. That's my that's my bet anyway. TCU looked really impressive against Oklahoma, really impressive. But there's something about game day coming to town, man. I think Kansas is gonna take its first L with with game day in the house with everybody watching I do not Kansas plus six and a half uh, let's see Auburn's at number two Georgia 330 on CBS I like Georgia to, to, to cover the points there 
Number 11, Utah at number 18, UCLA, a 3.30 kick on Fox. UCLA's offense was going to put up points, but its defense has been really impressive. A couple of, uh, couple of transfers. Leatu Latu from Washington and uh, the Murphy brothers, Grayson and Gabriel Murphy from North Texas. UCLA's defense went from number 59 in the country to number 16. Meantime, Utah is just allowing just 14, 14 and a half points per game. Coin toss, really. Which, not gonna lie, I, I like I like coin tosses. I like UCLA to cover them. Home underdog, UCLA plus three and a half. Uh, Ohio State number three at Michigan State. This is a this is a worse Michigan State team than uh, than the one that was there last year. The one that went to Columbus and got smoked. Remember they were in the top ten, you know, and then and then they met Ohio State and Columbus. Eek. I still like Michigan State to cover the uh, the twenty seven points though. Uh, Notre Dame in Las Vegas, three and a half point favorite against BYU. I like the Irish there, and then uh, Florida State. I like them to cover at number fourteen, NC State. Florida State plus three and a half. I'll see you tomorrow, part of game day, and then, of course, all the post-game coverage as well, all coming your way tomorrow. Notre Dame football right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. SOSDD, get yourselves with us. Put us out of misery. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 